Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You doing well this morning? Got a couple of you. Okay. Try to wake the rest of you up. I'm going to start by reading a scripture this morning in Proverbs 21, 31. It says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. In the message translation, it says it this way, and it's interesting the way that it it brings this out in a different way. It says, do your best, prepare for the worst, then trust God to bring the victory. Do your best to prepare. Do all that you can to, to, to muster what you can and, and plan and prepare and get things straight for yourself, but, but don't trust in your preparations, but trust in God. Get the horse ready, you know? And it's saying, the horse is pre- prepared for the day of battle. It's like, God's not going to prepare the horse for you. And sometimes I feel like <clears throat> we get in these places where we're like, God, just do this, you know? Hey, and he's like, just get your horse ready, you know? Like, put the saddle on. Put the reins on. Like, get, get yourself prepared. Get yourself prepared. But trust in me. Trust in who I am. By all means, do everything that you can to prepare for what is ahead, to prepare for what you are going to step into in this next year. Prepare for that. By all means, like get ready. But don't trust in your preparations. Don't trust in the things that you do. Trust in God. See, this it's an interesting, I don't like, little like give and take you know we can't sit around and just do nothing we can't stand here and say god oh god's gonna do it he is gonna do it but what are you gonna do to be prepared to help him whenever he is doing it he wants us to get up and take action and move stand up on our own two feet but then don't trust our feet trust him This word means, means, an instrumentality for accomplishing some end. Or it actually is, has a meaning of considerable capital, wealth, income. And I love this. You know, and, and we say, <clears throat> we've been speaking for the past few weeks about by all means, what we feel God is speaking to us this year and at the beginning of the year And I love this definition. It's, it's like getting prepared and to accomplish something, to see an outcome. Also, it means to have what we need, like to be wealthy. You know, 
You say, well, I'm not wealthy. I'm not wealthy either. But I have wealth because I have God. See, because I'm not trusting in what I actually have. I'm trusting in what he has, right? So a handful of years ago, Tori and I were able to go to Bristol, England, actually with my parents. We traveled over there to a church. It was an amazing time. It was so amazing. You know, around here, last week, I think it was last week, I, I talked about like the World's Fair 1904, and when you talk about St. Louis, there's buildings that, you know what, are, well, how old? I'm not going to guess because I'm going to be totally wrong. Like 200, 250 years old, something like that. I don't know. Somebody that knows more history than I can tell me. But we went to Bristol, England, and, and it was amazing to see the buildings there. We went to this, this cathedral, and, and you step in, and it's just elaborate, massive. It's amazing. There's plaques. There's stuff that tell you, like, how old it is. And we stepped into this amazing part of it, and, and it says that it was built in, like, the 1600s. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And you keep walking through, and you keep walking through, and you get to this small part this, this little, like, chapel that was the original church that was built in, like, the 5th century or the 6th century. Like, something, like, crazy old like that. And you just stand there, like, in awe, like, of this, this place. But one of the most amazing things is that we were able to go to a couple places to see where... Um, People like Charles Spurgeon spoke um, and preached. It was an amazing thing. But I have a, a quote from a guy named George Mueller who did some amazing things. One of them was like taking care of kids and, and having orphanages and just missions work. He lived in Bristol, England for, for most of his life and worked out of there. But he said, this is one of the great secrets in connection with successful service of the Lord, to work as if everything depended upon our diligence and yet not rest in the least upon our exer ex exertions. So depend, like to work as if everything depends on what we are doing, but not rest on what we are doing. He says, but upon the blessing of the Lord, who alone can cause your efforts to be made effectual to the benefit of your fellow men or fellow believers. So he's saying, this is like one of the best things that we can do to serve, like in our service to the Lord, to, to stand up and do everything we can that with the thinking that it, everything that is going to happen is going to depend on what I am doing. These things that I am going to prepare for, these actions that I'm taking, the study that I'm doing, the, you know, uh, the learning, the growing, the work that, that I am going to step into, all these things, as if everything depends on it, I'm going to do that with so much diligence. but then not rest in the least on anything that I do. Not trust it, 
not glorify it, not do anything because it's just something that I did. But to rest on the blessings of God who can cause these efforts that we are doing to be blessed and to make them to have the effect that they should have. Putting our trust in Him, not in ourselves, right? In other words, work really hard, but don't trust the work, trust God. Plan as much as you can, but don't trust your plan, trust God. Speak as clearly as you can, but don't trust your own speech. What you are speaking, trust in God. Now, I think about the, the team up here and them, them leading us into worship and thinking like, sing, sing with all your heart. And even us out here, sing, sing with all our heart. But, but don't trust in our singing or our worship, but trust in God, who's the one that gives us the voice that we can worship. Don't think something of ourselves, think something of Him. You know, lead, manage, but don't trust in your leadership and your skills that you have to manage people even. Trust in God. Do those things, but don't trust in yourself. Trust in the one who has given you the ability to do those things. And you know what's so funny? I, I've said this, I don't know if I've said this from like, well, I've preached, been preaching before, but you know, I've never claimed to be like a leadership person. Like, like I'm going to give you all the leadership principles. And one of the reasons is I'm so scared because every person that I see that claims or says I'm a leadership guru, I'm not talking about, there's some people like well-known, I'm talking about the people that I know personally that claim to be a leadership guru, <laughs> are horrible at it. I, I, and I'm just like, I love <laughs> and I think about that. And so many times the, you know, we have this thing that, that, that we want to become excellent at, to become so good at, that all of a sudden we start standing on those things that we've learned and, and trusting in those things and thinking something of ourselves. And all the while not realizing that we're missing major things. See, we're wired. It's interesting. We're wired. And our, our emotions are wired to this, this thing of how well we do something. And it kind of stinks because when we're doing something well, we start trusting and feeling so good about ourselves and, and really feeling all high and mighty, you know? 
Like when if I put together a plan and if I do these steps or put together this structure that needs to be accomplished and it starts working and things start happening, then all of a sudden I can start to feel really good about myself. Or put yourself in that, in that place, whatever it is that, that you do, whether it's work or being a parent or, or, or whatever else, that, that we get to this place where when something's working out, we stop trusting God so much and we start trusting in ourselves because look at this plan that I came up with and it's working. And you know what the other side of that is? This really stinks, but... The other side of that is, is that when our plans don't work, we get all messed up. That in the same way as when things are going good, we trust in ourselves. When things don't work out as planned, we're still trusting in ourselves, but then we're trusting in ourselves and it's not working out. So all of a sudden, it changes our mood to be this mess, that I'm a wreck. I, I, I don't know what to do. Things aren't working out. But who do we trust? And that's my question. Is, is like, who am I trusting? Am I trusting in myself to do something? Are we trusting in ourselves? In our means, what we can do or what we have, are we trusting in God? Who do you trust? Because when we talk about this by, by all means, somebody may say, well, like, oh, look, what, you know, you're going to do all this stuff by what you can do. And I'm saying, yes, we need to do everything that, that we can do with the complete understanding that everything that I can do is because of God. The reason that I have the strength in my body is because of him. The reason that I have understanding to accomplish some plan that I may be able to come up with is because of him. In Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots. Anybody sing that song whenever they were a kid? Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some people trust in the chariots or the horses or what they can do, their means, their understanding. Some people trust in what they have. You know, when it says chariots and horses, I think of, you know, like, hey, the, the wealthy people that had lots of power, you know, are going to have the chariots and the horses. And the problem is, when you have all that stuff, you're like, look at this. Who's, who's going to be able to attack me? Who's going to be able to come against this guy? I've got all the chariots and the horses. But the Scripture says, some may trust in those things. But we, what we're going to do is, gonna, is we're going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're not going to trust. We can have chariots and horses. The scripture isn't telling us, hey, you don't have something. It's telling us, don't trust something, trust him. Who are you trusting? 
Psalm 127, it says, verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Build your house. See, and, and that's hopefully what I'm, what I'm getting across is, is not any of these things. Don't, it's not that I'm saying don't do these things. Build your house. Be a leader. Sing. Plan. Prepare. Do all these things. But in all these scriptures, I mean, like I could probably rattle off so many scriptures. Probably not off the top of my head, but all these scriptures are bringing us around this central point. And it's not to trust in what we can do, but not saying don't, don't do it. Not saying don't plan, don't prepare, don't do these things. It's saying, hey, do them. But just make sure when you're doing them, you're putting your trust in the place that it needs to be. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Oh, like we can watch and prepare. You know, I, you know you've heard some of the stories of the past couple of years and different things like my car is getting stolen and stuff like that. And it's all, like, fine. It's all last year or two years ago. How long has it been? I don't even remember. See? But in those, in those moments, it's interesting. And I've and I taken this out of this, this verse where it says, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Because when things happen to you, you, you become hyper-aware. And, you know, you might put like a security camera on the front of your house or something like that. You know, things, things like that to, to like, I'm going to make sure that this does not happen again. You know, I, I'm going to take care of this bubble, this family, my space, and I'm going to be so aware and then all of a sudden, you can get to this place where you're trusting in kind of what, like, your ability to see everything. And does anybody know you can't see everything? You can't possibly think about all the situations and outcomes and circumstances and all these things that you're going to go through. You just can't. But you can definitely start trusting in your own vision and your own ability when something like that happens. You, start, you become hyper-aware and start overanalyzing everything and looking for everything. And I see this scripture, and I see it, and it says, unless the Lord guards the city. I, I think about it. Unless the Lord is guarding my house, all the stuff that I'm doing is in vain. All the watching that I'm doing, all the worrying that I'm doing, like the, the thinking about whether the doors are locked and the, you know, and the camera's on and, and my kids are, you know, are in the places that they need to be and, and you know, and I know I'm not the only one that does this, is like, so if this happens, then I'm going to do this and this, you know, you go through the scenarios, you think like, you know, this is the best, the best way to 
you know, handle if somebody comes up to the door or whatever. And we do those things. We, we allow our brain to go through these scenarios and then start. And I think about, I've done that before. Don't act like you've not done that. But I think about it then, and I, and I think about how much am I trusting in who I am or my abilities or what I can see or what I can do in those moments? And again, I'm not saying to not be prepared. What I'm saying is to put your trust in its rightful place. When we go to the New Testament in Philippians 2, it says this, in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. This is very interesting scripture, and it's in like, I think sometimes it trips people up a little bit. And it's like, wait, work out your own salvation? Like, is it telling us that something that I am doing is somehow bringing me to this place of salvation, that I'm saving myself? And it's not. Good news. <laughs> it's not. Because he goes on to say, because it's God who works in you to do these things. So what he's saying is, work out your own salvation, but don't trust that or don't think that it's you bringing the salvation. Really what it's saying is that God is doing something in you, bringing you to a place of salvation. So is, is there anything on the outside that's actually changing are you actually doing the work of someone who has been saved from the sinner that they were? Is there something to show for what God is doing inside of you? Right? We work outwardly because God has done something inwardly. That God has saved me, that God has done something in my life so I should stand up and do something about it. I shouldn't stay how I was. I shouldn't act how I did. I shouldn't do the things that I did before or say the things that I did before or any of that stuff. I should stand up and work on who I am because God has done something in me. And not only that, He is allowing me. He's actually given me the strength to stand up and do it anyways. but I'm not going to sit there and do nothing when God has done something in me to change me. In 1 Corinthians 15, 10, it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more abundantly. He said, listen, I worked harder than everybody else. I mean, he's getting a little cocky over here, but it's okay. 
I worked harder than everybody else. But it wasn't me. This is my own translation, okay? If you're like, what translation is that? It's like the Josh's one, so. Not I, it says, but the grace of God, which was with me. You see, I'm trying, I'm trying to get a, a point across here. It says God's grace wasn't in vain. Let's, still, let's, let's break this scripture apart. Because I want to take this middle part and it says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. But he prefaces that, he brings before that and says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. The only way that I am or can do or can be, the only reason that I'm here is because of the grace of God. He, prefaces, he doesn't even get to that part without saying, the only reason that I can live and I can breathe and I can think and I can do the only reason that I can get up and walk is because of the grace of God, of what God has done in me, and His grace toward me has not been in vain. Interesting. He says, the only reason I can do all this stuff, that I can get up and walk, that I can get up and speak of who He is, the only reason I can do this stuff is because of Him. And then He says, but His grace was not in vain. He's saying, his grace wasn't in vain. What does he mean by that? I believe he's meaning that I didn't sit around and do nothing after God's grace got a hold of me. After he got a hold of me and he changed me and he did this work in me, and it's by his grace that I am here. But that grace, that work that he did, me, did in me was not in vain. It wasn't for nothing, because I did more than everybody else. <laughs> then it gets a little cocky, right? He said, but I labored harder than everybody else. So he puts that in there. He's like, I worked so hard. It was because of God that I could even work at all. It's because of him that, that I can get up, that I have any strength, that I have breath in my lungs. It's because of him that any of this. That I was born. It's because of him. And I worked so hard because of what he did. I worked so hard because of what he did in me. But it wasn't me. And he's taking and sandwiching this, this statement of work hard. I worked so hard. I did all this stuff. He's sandwiching it in between the grace and the love of God and saying, the only reason that I can do what I do, and I did it a lot, but the only reason I can do that is because of God who works in me. But by the grace of God that was in me, it's because of Him that we can do it. But do it. But get up and do it. Work hard. Plan. Prepare. Be diligent. 
Get the horses ready. Or maybe it's not horses. Get the house ready. Get the car ready for whatever God wants you to do. Be prepared for the things that he's going to ask you. Work hard at it, but it's not us that does it. It's him. And once we get this, we go to 1 Peter 4, and it says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ, through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. As you hear that, it says, speak as, as of the oracles of God. If you're going to speak, speak what God wants you to speak. If you're going to get up and do something, do what God wants you to do and, and do it with all your might and all your strength. And it says that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Because to him belong all the glory and the dominion, the honor. It all belongs to him anyways. So let's get up and do something that is going to honor him the way that we should. Let's get up. By all means, let us work hard. And I want to say, I want all of us to say, and I did it harder than everybody else. I love that. See, we can do it. It was in the Bible. I want us all to say, I worked so hard. It was harder than anybody else. But in doing that, knowing that the only reason that we were able to do it was because of God. And then when we're doing it, knowing that it's not us that we're trusting in, but it's Him that we're trusting in that I'm doing this work, I'm standing up and I'm moving, I'm going, I'm doing these things. I'm preparing for battle. I'm preparing for the war that might come in the near future. Like what war? I, I mean, I don't know, but there's always a battle, a spiritual battle going on. I want to be prepared. I want us to be prepared for what is going to happen. I want to be ready, but not trusting in myself, but trusting in God. And when we do that, see, when we, when we trust in ourselves, who gets the glory? We're wanting ourselves to get the glory. I'll answer that for you. When we trust in ourselves, it's because we're wanting to receive the glory or the recognition or the honor for what we're doing. That's why when it doesn't go the way we want, we get real, real sad. It's also why when it's going really, really well, we are really happy and high on our horse.
Would you stand with me? But let's trust God by all means. Listen, <laughs> and here's the thing. The amazing thing is that God has given us not only the ability to have the strength and the understanding to do what He has called us to do. Do you know what He's done? He's given us means that are even beyond us. He's given us His own means when He sent His Son to die on the cross for us. To bring us into this relationship with Him that we can have when we come and ask Him to be our Lord and our Savior. He's given us this relationship with Him. And not only did He do that, that to give us this way that where there wasn't any other way, to come close to Him and be in this relationship. But then after that, He sent His Spirit to be with us, right? And it says that He's our helper. And what happens is whenever His Spirit is residing in us, when we come to know God, whenever His Spirit comes in us, that we have His means also. We have His ability to accomplish something also that stands with us. And I'm like, what, what is mine anyways now when I have his? <laughs> Everything that I thought that I could do or nothing when I understand that God's here with me that can do everything. When I think about this, that God has allowed us to be in this relationship with Him. He sent His Son to die on the cross for us. That He gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be our helper, to be our comfort, to be to use the words that we've been using, to be His means with us, to be everything that He is with us, then how could I ever trust in myself? How could I ever trust in my own strength or what I can do? But my trust should always be in Him. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.